Welcome to Coffee, Eggs and Inspiration. It's a weekly show that goes out over YouTube and as a podcast over all of the major channels. And each week I get to sit with an inspiring person and listen to them tell their story and share it with all of you. This week is no different. I'm joined by the wonderful Eric Twiggs. Welcome, Eric. Hey, Craig. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me. My, my pleasure. And in this in this sort of remote working world, we're in the, uh, in the great... Uh, privilege of being on different, almost different sides of the uh, the planet. I'm in London, England, and Eric, you're uh, just outside Washington, D.C., I think, aren't you? Yes, absolutely. We, we, are, across, we are across the globe, but we're still able to talk. Uh, we're global. Like, yeah, usually, I, I sort, sort of outside COVID times, I'll have somebody next to me on the couch, and we'll probably have a cup of coffee and sometimes some eggs in front of us, hence the name. But uh, it's a pleasure and a privilege to talk to you across the, uh, the Atlantic. Um, Eric is a, an author, speaker, and coach, a procrastination prevention partner, procrastination prevention partner. Uh, he's an author of two books, The Discipline of Now and One Moment in Time. And he's got a wonderful procrastination prevention pyramid with five steps that we'll get into on this podcast. He's also the president of What Now, uh, which is a Facebook group. And that was started in the, the grip of lockdown and COVID uh, to respond to, you know, where do we go now sort of thing. It's, uh, the, name, the name is quite illustrative. Uh, really looking forward to hearing your tips, uh, Eric. Uh, let's start by hearing how you got into procrastination. Yeah, so for me, everything started. Uh, it was my senior year in college. I went to Hampton University here in the States. Uh, it's my senior year, and I'm having this conversation with my good friend, Donnell. Now, Craig, I have to tell you, at the time, Donnell and I, we were a little different. Right? He, he was all about his purpose, and I was all about the party. And he would always be, he would just give me a hard time, man. Eric, you need to get it together. You need to figure out what you want to do. And I'm like, Donnell, man, loosen up. We're still young. We have our lives ahead of us. Are you coming to the frat party with me or not? <laughs> And so time goes by, we hadn't spoken for a while, but then I get a phone call from his mother telling me that he was killed in a car accident. Wow. Yeah, it, it, that really sent me a message. It, it taught me that maybe I don't have the time that I think to do the things that I want to do. And wow, that really, a, go ahead. What a, what a tragic event and a momentous uh, tipping point. So that sort of really obviously altered your mindset. And you did what after that? So here's the thing. I thought I was supposed to get out there and maximize my career and make as much money as I possibly can as fast as I can. I want, you know, I should rise up the corporate ladder. And so I, I set out on that journey. Time is of the essence. And I had gotten to a point where... I was quote unquote successful, right? So I was a district manager. I had 17 locations, 500 employees in the automotive service industry. My district was the most profitable district in the organization out of 80. I'm getting kudos and pats on the back. And I remember I had the nice BMW. I'm driving and I'm sitting at the light. I, Craig, I remember this plain as day. I look in the rearview mirror and I remember just seeing my eyes in the reflection and they were the eyes of someone who hated what he was doing. So I, I felt like I was successful, but I wasn't significant. 
And so maybe the message wasn't to climb the corporate ladder, but it was really to find purpose and then move in the direction of my purpose. And that's really, I had to, I really had to take a step back and say, what is it that I really want to do? And the, the things that kept coming up, I always felt fulfilled when I was talking in front of a group. And so finally, after three years of procrastination, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> I finally started the journey on becoming a professional speaker. And then that led to the book. And here we are. Well, that's a that's a courageous uh, change to you obviously left your job. You set out on something new. You took the leap. And uh, it's, a, it's a big step, isn't it? And that's, it's a hard one to take. And that led you into uh, some of the principles that you talk about. Um, probably the core part of this is the procrastination prevention pyramid uh, with five steps. I'd love for you to talk us through that. Absolutely. So I created this procrastination prevention pyramid at, based off of the over 28,000 coaching sessions I've had with entrepreneurs and executive leaders. That's how I put together the content. So there's five steps in this pyramid. So the first step has to do with your attitude, right? So your attitude is at the foundation of the pyramid because your attitude and how you think is at the foundation of your success. And so Craig, think about this. If, if you just sit back and you just pay attention to the mental chatter that goes on, right? You, pay attention to your thoughts. You'll find that 80% of your thoughts tend to be negative. That, that's what all the studies show. 80% of the average person's thoughts are negative. So we just, it's a habit. It, it's our, in our nature to think negative. You want to solve problems, overcome obstacles. But the problem is if you're a pessimist, you can, you're more likely to procrastinate. So the key to overcoming a bad habit is to replace it with a different one. That, that's the key. And so the different habit is really focusing on gratitude. So, so that, I talk about that in the attitude step where you're really intentional about all the things that are going well. You know, I have people write down their wins. They have to create a win log. So you have to focus on things you're grateful for, focus on the wins. So, so that's in the attitude part of the pyramid. You have to make sure you're thinking correctly. Uh, so next is awareness. That's the next, that's the second step. And you really need to be aware of the triggers what triggers you to procrastinate? You need to be aware of the people that you're around. Like, for example, I always say that if you hang around three chronic procrastinators for long enough, you will become the fourth. <laughs> it's going to happen. You know, we just we, we're controlled by the, the, the our environment and we just really need to be aware of that. And you also need to be aware of your power times. Right. So you have people that are morning people. Some people are night owls, but the key is to schedule your high priority activities during those times of day when you have the most energy, you know, and one of the things that frustrates me with these other books are out there that would say, oh, no, you've got to be a morning person. You've got to wake up at 3.30 every morning if you want to succeed. Not necessarily, you know, it's really just it's about awareness, being aware of when you have the most energy, right? And so next is about animation. Because it's really not about time management per se. It's more about managing your energy. And uh, the key there is making sure you're getting re regular cardio. Uh, I saw a study it was done by Thomas Corley where he studied all of these wealthy people. And he concluded that 78% of the wealthy 
they have a habit of getting cardio three times a week for at least 30 minutes a day. Uh, and, and then it, it also in the animation, I don't talk about this a lot, but it helps to be able to manage transitions and, and give yourself a rest. That, that's like a peak performance principle. When you can strategically take breaks and rest and refresh yourself so that when you get back at it, now you're refreshed and your energy is renewed. You know, we can't just work, 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 work. You have to really be strategic so that you that you're max. So I'm a big fan of taking naps. Like I envy my seven year old because <laughs> <laughs> because I'd be all over taking it. He fights it, but I'd be all over it because I think it helps to if you're strategic, you know, you 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 awake, you're refreshed and you're protecting your energy because that's really what's going to help you to move forward. Uh, the next thing is automation. And I wish someone would have told me about this years ago that just because something has to be done, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do it, right? So one of the leading causes of procrastination is task aversion. In other words, you just don't like the task. You know, you don't see how this task lines up with your purpose, but it still may need to be done. So the key is how can you create systems so that it's still getting done without you having to touch it? Do you delegate? Do you set up? Do you use technology? Is it a matter of bringing on a virtual assistant? So that's what automation is all about. So that these things are being handled without you having to touch them. And you can stay in what's called your zone of genius. Those things that you're brilliant at. And you'll be, if you're in your zone of genius, chances are you're not going to procrastinate because you really look forward to doing what you're about to do. And, and then the final step in the pyramid is activity, and, or in other words, action. And I put that at the top purposely, because if you want to get to the top in life, you have to take action. You can sit back thinking, you can sit back meditating, that's all wonderful. But at some point, you have to do something. You, you have to do the things that are going to get you the thing that's on your vision board. So we, we talk about how do you take action and make sure you're prioritizing and doing the, the important things um, and getting those done. So, so that in a nutshell is the procrastination prevention pyramid. Wonderful. Five A's. Attitude, awareness, animation, automation, action. Love yeah. it. Um, there's a couple of things I want to drill in and, uh, on there, Eric. Uh, one is just around animation. You mentioned taking breaks, transitions, whether it's naps or vacation. Uh, you know, I have a I have a, a, a team. Um, some of them are in Europe. Some of them are in the U.S. I notice a really big difference, actually, cultural difference or uh, more convention difference, I would say, between uh, Europe and the U.S. In Europe, you know, most of my team will take a three week vacation for uh, summer um, and possibly a three week vacation again on top of that at the end of the year, uh, the year in period. In the US, the pattern is a little bit different. There's Thanksgiving, there's Independence Day, there's things like that, but the holidays tend to be shorter. What, what, what observation would you have? Is that, is that an unhealthy tendency? Do you agree with that or do you have a different view? I, so here's the thing. I know here in the United States, you're brought up to believe that hard work is everything. Oh, you got to work hard. You got to work hard. You gotta, and, then, and then again, you see these different motivational people telling you how they woke up at three in the morning and then they went to bed at two in the morning, the following morning, and they're working so hard. But it's really about 
being strategic and you, you really have to know the difference between being active and being effective. And I think if you're managing your energy, you'll, you'll be more effective. And I just noticed the times where I just step away and I go on a family vacation. When I step, when I go back on that Monday and write a blog, it's much better. It's like, it's like the ideas are just flowing a lot better than when I've been working nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks in a row. Um, so I, I, I think definitely, but there is a difference though, because I, I have spoken to people in other countries and yeah, they three weeks, four weeks, they're on holiday. Um, but we don't, we don't value the rest. But again, anybody that's involved in peak performance will tell you that your recovery is a part of your training program. You yeah. have to really build in time to rest and recover. Yeah, 100%. Uh, you know, well, and the medical evidence supports everything that you just said. I, I remember reading a, a book last year by Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep, and mm. it was really quite transformational. It was exactly on this point that you're talking about, Eric, which is uh, the need for rest. And we, you know, our brains just function a lot better and more yes. creative. The memory works better. Everything uh, works better with that. Um, let me let me put to you a counterpoint when procrastination may be a good thing. Um, we live in a, a pretty intensive, information-intensive digital world. You know, I, like most people, probably like you and others, get hundreds uh, sometimes of emails a day, certainly more than 100 a day, pings on whatever your favorite messaging platform is, social media. There's a lot of distracting hooks that try and draw you in and suck your time. Uh, are those things that should be dealt with in the sort of here and now, or are, are those better to, to be compartmentalized in your, in your sort of framework of thinking? I, I definitely think it should be compartmentalized because like for me, one of the worst things someone could do is wake up and then check the email because that, that can really just depends on what, you know, you can get a negative email that just takes you down a rabbit hole that you hadn't planned on going. So I, I think you really just have to be intentional. And sometimes I think if you get into this habit of trying to answer every email right away, now you're creating an expectation. And so, if, so you, you get to a point where you just physically can't answer the email right away. Certain people, now they get disappointed and they'll start emailing you more. What's going on? Hey. Um, so I think you really have to be strategic as far as how you're handling your email, it goes back to kind of the whole automation thing I talked about earlier. Is there a way that certain emails can go to a folder where you can actually go back? Now, make sure you remember to check the folder. <laughs> um, but, you know, can, can you be strategic? But, but I do think you, you need a strategy uh, around email. And I don't think the strategy involves you just answering. And one of the things I do is on a couple of my email accounts, I use my sign out notifications all the time. So most people, they use their sign out notification if they're gonna be on vacation or they're not available. But I have a sign out notification that says, hey, thank you for your message. You know, I'll be, so that, that gives the person that they know I've acknowledged that I've gotten an email and that I'm definitely gonna get back to them in a timely fashion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I use that as well, actually. I mean, you could just be a professional email answerer, couldn't you, which is uh, confusing activity with with progress or something like that. I use my out-of-office or the sort of automated response quite a lot as well. I actually experimented last week uh, putting one on during the day, mm -hmm. actually during the workday, 
saying, I don't check my emails um, during the day. I, and this is true. I check them once in the morning and I check them once in the evening. So I had this automated response to say, don't expect a, a response earlier than about eight hours from now because I, uh, I don't sit watching my, watching my inbox. So I think it's a great, uh, a great tip of yours. The, I'm really intrigued to talk about what now you know, the uh, uh, group that you're the president of. Uh, COVID's been a, a hugely tumultuous time for all of us, whether we're in business or in different organizations or perhaps in education. And it's been one of those disruptions that kind of has stopped us in our tracks in so many ways. And I think this is where your, your movement came from. Uh, Tell me about what now and what uh, what some of the tips and techniques are that you teach. Yeah, so you're absolutely right. So this started, so I'm the president of this, it's the What Now movement. And it started because myself and my two business partners who are now my vice presidents in this movement, people kept coming up to us in our individual walks of life saying, hey, hey, Eric, so I own this restaurant and I can't have anybody in the dining area now because of this pandemic. What now? You know, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a speaker and I can't get in front of a thousand people in an auditorium like I used to. That's how I make my money. What now? Hey, I'm a stand up comedian and all the comedy clubs are closed. What now? And, and what I find, what we found is that when many people, when they face a crisis, they stop. Well, you don't stop. You should really pivot. And so with the What Now Movement group, we help people to pivot and we, we give them the tools. So it's a great group. It's a free Facebook group. All your followers can join as well. Every day we've got a different piece of content to help people pivot. For example, Mondays are Motivational Monday. We do a 15 minute video that goes out uh, on motivational tips and strategies. Tuesday's Time Management Tuesday. Wednesday's Wellness Wednesday. Thursday is Thought Leadership or Thankful Thursday. Either one of those will vary. And then Friday is Fitness Friday. So that's every day. I mean, the group is growing, but we're really helping people to pivot. And because guess what? This pandemic is going to pass and then there's going to be something else that happens. So we need to be prepared to pivot. We can't get in this habit of just stopping. Uh, absolutely right. And and hasn't, you know, necessity is the mother of invention sometimes. And Boy, uh, haven't we seen some remarkable inventions and innovations uh, born out of this um, pretty pretty gloomy sort of period that we've been through. It's where a lot of um, new ideas come from and lots of pivoting. Fantastic stuff. Fitness Friday, that um, makes a lot of sense. It also makes me feel a little bit sedentary. I've got the COVID belly here. And I need to get <laughs> my COVID cardio. Belly. <laughs> exactly. Let's um, let's end with some top tips. You know, people who watch this podcast or listen to it on audio are often thinking about their next move as they come out of school or out of university. Maybe they're in a, a career uh, like you were and they're thinking about pivoting and, and changing, um, you know, following a new path. What are your what are your tips based on your experience? Well, the first tip I would give to your followers is to not allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. Nice. It, don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress because what happens is when you've got a major move you're trying to make, 
it seems overwhelming. And you're like, I don't have all the information. I need to do research. I, I don't know what to do. So the easiest thing to do is to do nothing. So what I would say is really focus on what's the next step. And then as you start taking steps, the other steps start to reveal themselves. So that, I, that's I, I just love that quote. Don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress. Fantastic. Yep. Any, other, any, any other ideas to end with? Yeah. So the other thing I, I say, clarity is the starting point of success. Really think about, you know, what, what it is, where are you trying to go and, and really gain that level of clarity. And I, I would advise your followers, project yourself five years into the future and, and look at it from you. you it's, 2025. It's November 13th, 2025. And you're saying, wow, you know what? This has been my best five years ever in business because I've accomplished it. I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I'm at whatever that is for you. And so now you, you start to gain clarity on what it is that you want. And then you can now align what you do every day to that vision that you're moving towards. Brilliant. Uh, th this is this is great stuff. I've, I've got I've got at least three quotes that I can use. Clarity uh, is the starting point of success. Don't allow perfect to become the enemy of progress and stay in your genius zone or your zone of genius. Eric Twiggs, you're an inspiration. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me. It's truly been an honor.